We have been joined the teaching coming from Sister Danielle. I tell you, with fire and enthusiasm. And it's the kind of teaching that we need in a day, in an hour, in, in a time like this. This is what we need. So amen, I tell you, she's ready tonight. And we're going to get out of the way and let her bring us, amen, a living word from the Lord at this time. God bless you in Jesus' name. Hello, 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 people of God. Hello and welcome to Faith Search with Redeemed Assembly of Jesus Christ. We welcome you and we pray that after this lesson tonight that you are charged, challenged, and changed and have a permanent change, not just something temporary, but practicing something permanent in your life, a permanent change. And I'm not going to prolong the time. I'm going to jump right into the lesson tonight. And we've been talking about cabin thinking, and we've been going through all of these different things that come to mind when we're thinking about when we're thinking about cabin thinking and some of the tricks that Satan throws our way to just kind of trip us up in our thinking. But we know better now. And when we know better, we do better. All right. So we've all been talking about the, I think last week we talked about the anxiety and the fear and the worry. The tricks of the devil is to get you stuck and to keep you there. But if you can just say, I'm overcoming, I'm overcoming, I'm overcoming, I'm overcoming. We can't come out of this thing the same way. We cannot come out the same way. And we're gonna talk about killing the noise and getting with God. Um, if you've been out there and you know, sometimes, you know, just life happens and all, you just have all this noise going on. You know, you got your job hollering at you. You got this hollering at you. And then when you get home, you, even if you're not busy, you make yourself busy. And we have a habit of staying busy. And I'll never forget when Bishop taught, he said, Busy is being under Satan's yoke. So as long as you are busy, I don't mean productive. And some things that even are productive, is it doesn't keep a light on what you could be and what you should be doing. And a lot of times we negate the things that we should be doing to do the trivial things. So we major in minors while the major calling on our lives are going unattended. And those are the things that we have to answer to God for is what he called me to do. Now, you may you may be able to do a lot of things, but what is it that God is calling you to do that you seem to keep negating because you feel like it's too hard? You feel like you're not qualified. All of it's done by feelings, because when God calls you, he qualifies you. We're talking about scheduling time with God, killing the noise. And these are some of the excuses that we come up with when we're talking about being too busy. My schedule is too busy. I have better things to do. I don't have time to slow down. My job is too demanding. I have other things that take priority. And if you're like my niece, she said when she was younger, he don't speak to me. But God is always speaking, but we don't make provisions to hear his voice. And even what we call prayer now is a whole grocery list of things that we want God to do. And then we pop up. We don't we don't even stay there and respect his presence long enough to see, God, what are you saying about my request? What do you want me to have? At this point, we need what only Jesus can give. And to get what only Jesus can give, we have to get in his presence. We need uninterrupted, uninterrupted, uninterrupted schedule time with God. Yes. Uninterrupted. That means that I purposely set this time aside to be with you, God. Yes. Yes. Now, if you know that your schedule is demanding and everything, that means you might have to get up a little earlier. But. I just like my ties. I take my ties out. It's the first thing I think about when money comes into my possession. If I get a gift card, I'm thinking, okay, how much ties do I owe on this? 
You know, everything that comes in my possession, if I get my paycheck, what is my tithes and offering? Because that, that is a conjunction. So both of them is necessary to be blessed. But what is the first thing I, when I get something in my hands that's tangible, the first thing I think about is, God, what do I owe you? But sometimes we don't do our time like that. Our time is equally as important as our money. So what we have to do sometimes is before your day starts, before your day gets busy, the night before, God, I'm giving you this time. I'm cutting out time to be with you because you are my most important conversation of the day. It's prayer and communion with you. Only God can show us what we need and then supply it. He's the only one that can show us what we need and then supply it. That's the God you serve. Real, We need a real connection with God. We are literally dying for answers, but refuse to give Dr. Jesus the time to fix us, to heal us, to mold us, to make us, to show us what to do, show us where to go and fill our mouths with what to say. We need a real connection, an intimate time with God. That very thing that grows, that is the very thing that is going to grow our faith. It's going to shift our minds and it's going to bring revival. Revival is simply when God can have the first and the last word in your life. It's not just the, the falling out on the altar, but when you get up, I've been revived. So therefore, God, my, my channels are clear. My antenna is tuned right into you so that I can hear you so I don't go back to where I was delivered from. And remember, we talked about being healed. And then there's the other thing of being whole. So a lot of us are healed. A lot of us, are, you know, we, we got that one step, but there's a whole nother step that we need to take. All right. And that's when our spiral stops. So we see that this time it grows our faith. It shifts our minds and it brings revival. These are some of the benefits. Our world has become so accustomed to noise, noise. We are at the point we cannot hear. We have so much noise going on in our lives. We can't hear. We can't discern who's speaking now. You don't know the difference between God, the devil, and my flesh. All I know is I hear noise. Somebody's speaking to me, but I can't, I can't decipher who it is. What is your noise? We keep going and going and going. And before this, we were already on autopilot. We now avoid the silence of being with God, the silence. We choose the noise to fill the gaping holes in our souls. We have holes in our souls. These sound familiar? Social media, uh -huh. TV. Yes. God knows I can't forget my cell phone nowhere. Uh -huh. Music. Always having headphones on your ears, video games, demanding jobs. We pack our schedules until all we can do at nighttime is pass out because we can't handle the noise. It's not just our schedules, but we even pass it on to our kids. Yes. We tell our kids, stay busy. So, you know, it's, it's no longer we eat dinner together. No, you got football, you got cheering, you got this, you got everything. But there's no pushing to say, did you read your Bible tonight? Did you pray tonight? Did you even get on your knees and say the, the regular prayer? You know what I'm saying? There, we're so imbalanced. We're so blessed until we're so poor because we've forgotten about the real things about Christ. Church, prayer, and reading the word has become optional and seldom make the list. Seldom does it make the list. Then there are those who work for God, but don't know God. You can, God is the only one that you can work for and get fired and you still work. So not knowing we have been fired a long time ago, we, we become exhausted doing what's easy and our callings left unattended. When is the last time you attended your calling? 
When is the last time you said, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And you stay there long enough to get defined. You stay there long enough to get your identity back. It's so many things that's out there that's just trying, that's competing for your attention. But it's noise. It's noise. If it's not coming from God, then it's just simply noise. And I'm going to share a little testimony, uh, you know, a couple of years for the last year, basically kind of get used to be a single. And I kept my TV on all night, but I'm a dreamer. That's not a good combination. So I'm a dreamer. And I, one of my friends watched. She was like, Ro, she was like, Roly. That's what she calls me. She said, you got to put your sleep timer on. Do you not know the minute my TV went off, I jumped out of the bed. Like, what is going on? Where is the noise at? And I literally, for two nights, I had to cut my TV back on just to get accustomed to having the salads. But it was a hard transition. But now I'm not going to bed without my sleep timer on because I like the results of it. I like waking up to a clear mind and I like not fighting in my sleep too. But it's still just noise. And some of you may be out there. You might can identify with me. I can't sleep without my TV. I always have to have some noise. Can you jump in the car and just in silence, just talk to God? And God, these are my concerns. God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want from me? God, you have been so good to me that my list is long, God. I owe you my life. Lord, cancel out the noise so I can hear you clearly. And then we got to ask ourselves, if we got all this noise, what are we really running from? Are we running from God? Running from ourselves? Running from our callings? Running from our greatness, running from our responsibilities, running from our fears, running from our past, running from our failures, running from the whispers in our minds that trying to drive us crazy, running from the call of God, running, trying not to be found out, running from loneliness, running from depression and low self-esteem, running, running running, trying to drown it all out with the noise of the world. We also, we have a fear of being asked to change because some of us are afraid to change because we, we, we've been without God so long and we know what we need to do, but we don't want to be reminded of what we need to do. And we're not quite ready to accept the call of God, the full call of God on our lives. So we, 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 we run from our calling. And what if God asked me to change? What if he asked me to forgive somebody? What if he asked me to reach out to somebody that have hurt me? What if I, what, what, what if he asked me for another commitment? What if he asked me to repent? What if he asked me to sacrifice something that I've made a God in my life? We fear being put to work. We fear being alone. We fear facing God exposed. Not knowing that he already knows the shortcomings. But yet and still, every day you wake up in love. You wake up in grace. You wake up in mercy. We have become distracted to death. And I have a saying, when you get distracted, you get subtracted. When you get distracted, what's really what really matters start to get subtracted out of your life. We are constantly developing habits that will numb the call of holiness. The numbing of the holy God, what is holy now? What do I even know what's holy anymore? We're seeking ways to find our identity in everything but the word of God. The noise gets louder in the silence. In the silence, our fears come alive. This is our chance during this pandemic, during this time to set a new norm. And I don't know why I feel like it's almost like the last cry of God for his people. I don't know. I can't say it is, but for me, I'm like, this could be my last cry for holiness. Because 
if you miss the house, if you miss getting married, if you miss having a child, if you miss the car, if your name never makes it in lights, if no one ever looks your way, you cannot miss God. We bank on apologizing. We bank on our sorries. But we can't offer that if Jesus comes back, he's coming for you and he has his conditions set. He has set the terms for who he wants to come back. And nobody can say that you did not have all the tools to make it. And that's why he can just reject because you rejected him all of your life life. with all the noise. And all you all you're left with at the end of the day is noise. It's time for us to set some new boundaries, new boundaries, a boundary, something that I have set aside. You have to set some boundaries. And even before this pandemic, some people had lost their love for God. Some people even took the gathering together, the strength that we gained from each other. They took that for granted. Everything about God before this pandemic was taken for granted. But now you see the importance. You see how important it was to be with your brothers and sisters, to hear their miracles, to share in their pain, to hear the message come forth that actually guided your life the whole week. We see what's important, but we, but right now we got to make sure we're not just in noise mode, noise mode. And some of our noise is so loud. It's just buzzing. We don't know what's going on. All I hear is noise. The noise is getting louder, but we have to, this is our chance to reset our lives. You have a chance to reset your life. Reset. Set your life. I don't mean it's something that you just, this is, you know, this time with, you know, and, and, and being closed in. It's just a time that you're just, oh, because the truth of the matter is you can be locked in and still come out the same person, oh, not learn a lesson, not know nothing else about God. But during this time, we're just, we, we want you to be, you know, God wants us to be closer to him, to know his voice. Yes. Because can you imagine not you, you following somebody and you don't know their voice? Can you be blindfolded in trouble and hear God speak a word of deliverance to you? That's knowing his voice, his voice, his sweet voice that cracks through the trouble, that cracks through the trial and tribulation. And you can see the light of God come forth. Do you know his voice? And the sad thing is, is that for a lot of us, if we had to stand beside a sinner, there would be no difference. There would be no difference. Would your talk or your language be like them? Would you have the same worries as them? Would you have the same emotions as them? Would the object of your faith be the same as theirs? Would your blessings come from the same source as theirs come from? To have everything and treat it as nothing is an abomination. Yes, it is. Satan is still trying to trick us. We keep giving ourselves passes to wholeness and holiness. He says, be and not become. And we use that excuse, I'm human. But when God says be, he means be. That means take your faith activated and walk like you. Because the truth of the matter is when you add I-N-G to becoming, you add an excuse not to be. But God says be. And if he says be, he's going to give you all the tools and all the grace and all the love to be. What passes have you given yourself? There's a whole There's a hole somewhere where goodness is seeping out. There's a hole somewhere where truth is seeping out. There's a hole somewhere where blessings are seeping out. There's a hole somewhere where the revelation of God is seeking out. Oh my God, I dare to say we purposely practice disobedience 
We purposely practice disobedience and then we have the nerve to fall out with God when the word is not coming alive in our lives. But we practice disobedience. Every high thing, every high thing, thinking that I know better than God is me exalting my knowledge above God. And you can't out God, God. You cannot out God, God. He's the one and only true living God with all power, all sovereignty, all knowing he has it all. Yes. yes, he lends you power, but you cannot out God, God. Romans 12, 1, 22, 21 through 23 says, what happened was this. People knew God perfectly well, but when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him and worship comes down to obedience. Yes. Obedience is the highest form of worship. Yes, it is. But when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, they trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion so that there was neither sense nor direction left in their lives. They pretended to know it all, but were illiterate regarding life. My God, God, today, they traded the glory of God who holds the whole world in his hands for cheap figurines. You can buy at any roadside stand. He still has our dreams. Satan still has our dreams. He'll take something that's God initiated, dangle it on a string and tie it to the world to lure us out of our intimacy with God saying, you're going to miss out. You're going to lose everything if you fully follow God. You are going to be broke if you follow God. All you're going to have is trouble if you follow God. Thank you, Jesus. Then he takes the desires of our hearts and dangles it in front of us. And then he'll even twist the word of God to fit the condition. And then we bite the lie. We talk about Eve, but we're still biting lies. We're still listening to to Satan. We're still allowing him to convince us that God is holding out on us. But, oh my God, it's a lie. Some have gained so many worldly possessions. And don't know how to get back into trusting God solely. Can you just say to me, God, don't make me so rich that I don't need you. God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may feel, how can I break the cycle? You have what you wanted, but you lost what you had. Because you lost your intimacy with God. True intimacy. We need to hear the healing voice of God. Our anxieties are through the roof. We need our, we we actually, some of us need to face our pain. We need to face because sometimes it takes pain to get over pain. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes you got to fall apart to get put back together. Humans never stay neutral. Don't you ever think that when you don't spend time with God, you're in neutral. You're either going forward or you're going backwards. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 6, 33. It's one of my favorite scriptures. And it says, I'm going to read it in the message. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Then we can go to Psalms 37, four through five. Keep company with God. Get in on the best. Open up before God. Keep nothing back. He'll do whatever needs to be done. Have you given God permission to do what needs to be done? Do you trust him with your life? Do you trust him with your problems? Do you trust God enough to follow him? Do you trust God? Then we go to Mark chapter 4, 18 through 20. The seed cast in the weeds represent the ones who hear the kingdom news but are overwhelmed with worries about all the things they have to do and all the things they want to get. 
The stress strangles what they've heard and nothing comes out of it. But the seed planted in good, good earth represents those who hear the word, embrace the word and produce a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. And this is addressing the soils. So when you hear the word, do you even before that serve, before you hit that door, has Satan stole the word from you? When you're when you when, when you're somewhere and God speaks, see his voice is so precious. Yes. You got to see it as a privilege. I am privileged to talk to God. I am privileged to hear his voice. But when you act like it's something I can live with or something I can live without, beware. You have bit the fruit. Thank you, Jesus. God wants to be with you in your pain. He wants to be with you in your doubt. He wants to be with you in your shame and every other circumstance. He wants to be with you. Don't believe the lie that God alone cannot satisfy you. God still satisfies. If you are out there and you have tried Jesus and you know that he still satisfies, he can satisfy every single desire in your life. God still satisfies. His word still remains. His word is true. Even if you haven't tried it, it still does not change the character, the nature nature of God. His word is true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Thank you, Jesus. Initiate contact with God. Initiate. Initiate. We're walking around with problems that God has never been invited in. We never consult him. God, why is this happening? What is happening? What are you trying to get to me? You know, it's it's just something. It's just something about the healing of being in God's presence. And when you're in his presence, nothing escapes his attention. Nothing. Nothing. Even the things that you don't say, he'll bring it to mind in prayer. And then all of a sudden you'll find yourself, God, forgive me for thinking of it like that. Forgive me for accusing you of not being fair, not being just, and not being faithful. Thank you, Jesus. When we humble ourselves before God, submitting fully to him, regardless of what has kept you away, regardless of what we are doing while we were away and for how long we allowed, hallelujah, that cabin to grow, we find he will always be there waiting for us to come back. He waits. He waits waits for you. He waits. It doesn't matter. Some have been years without feeling the authentic presence of God, but he still waits. He says that you're worth the wait. You are worth the wait. And his love will keep chasing you down and it won't quit on you. Even when you quit on yourself, his love never gives up. Hallelujah. Staying distracted results in relationships that are needy and frantic. Look at your relationships. Are they needy and frantic? Are you feeling insecure in your relationships? Choose Christ and choose peace. Get in his presence. Hallelujah. And watch your perspective switch. I was in prayer last night and well, actually this morning and last night, I put it in his ear last night. And then we had a conversation about it this morning. And God simply revealed to me, Daniel, you're looking at the wrong person. You're looking at the wrong stuff. And then he reassured me that what you have is necessary. Mm-hmm. See, sometimes we have this thief call comparison. You think you got to keep adding stuff to yourself. You think because this person is doing it, that you're supposed to be doing it. But let me tell you, I know God. And God is my specialty. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he is everything to me. He knows me in and out. And I can tell anybody on earth who he is by experience. I know God. And knowing God 
it's good enough. Yes, it is. It's yes, good it enough. Is. Yes, it We're is. constantly trying to add to, but knowing God and sharing the gospel is good enough. Yes, it is. That's the thing that's going to outlast your money. That's the thing that's going to outlast your relationships. Uh-huh. That's the thing that's going to outlast your goals. Yes. It's going to outlast everything. And God is enough. Yes. Look, change your perspective. It's a privilege. Thank you, Jesus. This separation got us tripping. Entire storylines based on worst scenarios. But following God gives us that peace we need. We are paranoid because we know better. Mm -hmm. So it's not that things are actually happening. It's not that that person doesn't like you. It's not that... It's not that your job is after you. You're paranoid because you're out of place. Come on, come on. You're paranoid because you have not given God first place in your life. The most valuable asset we expect we we have is our attention. To what are we giving our attention to? Fear or God? Doubt or the truth? Hallelujah. Control. Or God's love towards us, even when it doesn't look right. Chaos, Chaos. comparison, or gratitude. Worry about your health, your fears, your bank account, your spouse, your kids, your future, your regrets, or the living God. What has your attention right now? Hallelujah. Attend to the things crushing us. Hallelujah, because the Lord says his burdens are light. Light. What are you carrying that you're not designed to carry? What are you carrying that you don't have enough strength to carry? What are you carrying that you're supposed to have laid down? What are you carrying? Uh Look for your life. What am I carrying that's too heavy for me to to, um, bear? Matthew chapter 11 Verse 28 through 30 in the message. Are you tired? Worn out? Burnt out on religion? Come Come to me. me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Some of us are not even resting. You go into bed, but you're not resting. Hallelujah. You're walking around and you're still not resting. Hallelujah. Something is stealing your peace. It's stealing your joy. Walk with me and work with me. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So let's look at this verse. Come unto me. Which me implies believing in Christ, yes. becoming his disciple, uh-huh. being his follower. Yes. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, all who are loaded down, yes. all who are weary, yes. all who are burdened. Oh. Hallelujah. And then you look at it. He said, you already got a yoke. And then he said, take my yoke. <laughs> Every step he has re- you got to think, I want to look at it like this. This metaphor here appears to be taken from a man who has a great load laid upon him, which he must carry to the certain place. But every step he takes reduces his strength and renders his load to more oppressive. However, it must be carried on and he labors using his utmost exertions yes, yes, to yes. reach the place where it is to be laid down. A kind person passing by and seeing his distress uh-huh. offers ease to him Ooh. of his load that he may enjoy his rest. What are you carrying that's too heavy? Because God is available to take it on. Sinners wearied in the ways of iniquity are also invited to come to Christ and find a speedy relief. Those that are burdened, guilty of crimes, may come to Christ and find instant pardon. Believers sorely tempered and oppressed. 
hallelujah, by the remains of the carnal mind uh -huh. may come to this blood that cleansed from all unrighteousness all and purified from all sin yes. and powerfully succumbed in every temptation. They shall find uninterrupted rest uninterrupted. in this complete Savior. All are invited to come and all are promised rest. If you find rest from sin and vile affections, it is because few come to Christ to receive it. Take my yoke upon you. It's a strange paradox. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Take my yoke. My yoke. Listen to Psalms chapter 55, verse 22. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. Yes. He'll never let good people topple into ruin. Pile your troubles on God. They are not meant for you to carry. Pile your troubles on God. You don't have the strength. You don't have the intelligence. You don't have the resources to take care of it. But if you just pile your problems, pile your troubles, pile your concerns, pile your worries on God's shoulders, and he'll take care of it. And then he says, I am meek and lowly in heart. Wherever pride and anger dwells, there is nothing but mental labor and anger, agony. Wherever pride is, there's mental labor and agony. But where the meekness and humility of Christ dwell, all is smooth, even, peaceful and quiet. For the work of righteousness is peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance Forever. That's Isaiah 32, 17. Yes. My yes. yoke is easy. Yes. Which I means easy. Easy. Easy means well-fitting. Yes. My yoke is well-fitting. Yes. Tailor-made for Tailor you and you only. Yes. My yoke is easy. It's well-fitting. And then in Palestine, ox yokes were made of wood. The ox was brought and then the measurements were taken. Yes. The yoke then Ooh. was roughed out and the ox wigs brought back to have the yoke tried on. Oh, oh my God. The yoke was carefully adjusted. Yes. None of this yes. tight, tight oh. stuff. None of this too loose, but it was carefully adjusted so that it would fit well and not gall the neck of the patient beast. The yoke was tailor-made to fit the ox. Yes. Jesus says, my yoke fits well. What he means is the life I give you is not a burden to gall you. Your task is made to measure, to fit you. Whatever God sends us is made to fit our lives, yes. made to fill our needs, yes. and made to fit our abilities. Yes. Exactly. Yes. It's like a tailor-made suit. If you laid out, when you get a tailor-made suit, it's made by measurements. Yes. And so is your problems. Yes. So are your worries. Yes. Because without those, you like Elder Wilson said, you don't know God and you don't know yourself. But they're made to fit. Yes. Made to fit according to your life, your needs, and your abilities. Seemingly, a yoke is something around your neck others can latch onto to lead you. What have you attached your woo, your your yoke to? What is your yoke attached to? Yes, yes. So take on the yoke of faith. You can attach your yoke to Jesus, yes. and you can have faith. Hallelujah. Attach your yoke to prayer. Yes. Attach your yoke to repentance yes. that you may find rest from all of your sins and burdens. Yes. You're not designed. What is it that you're carrying? What is it that consumes your mind? What noise is 
driving you crazy that you have not laid on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. Remember, even though his answers don't look like ours, it's still done in love. God, I trust you. I have no other recourse. You are the absolute solution to everything I may face, go through, and you are the ultimate joy to every situation. That's the God you serve. You can't out-God God. Remember that. You can't out-God God. Isaiah 55 and 8 says, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. God's decree. So just because you can't trace him don't mean that he took a break. He's still tracing. He is still working. He's still working out. He, every single day he says, well, she can't handle this. So I'll keep that to the side. But I'll put this on her so she can know that I am her God. I'll let some stuff dry up so she'll know that I'm her provider. I'll let some friends turn their backs on her so she'll know that I'm a friend that will never leave her or forsake her. I'll I'll let her I'll let her you know make her own decision and let her come up. Let her let her practice some of her will choices and let her see how far she gets on her own, so she can know that I'm her righteousness. I'm her sanctifier. I'm the right one in her life. But every day before you get up, God has tailor made cut out your whole day so that you can end in victory we have no excuse not to make it because every day is tailor made and it's not too heavy and then when it seems heavy even even in the middle when it seems heavy he still wants it even though it's tailor made he said he gonna tell you he gonna tell you about a yoke and then gonna tell you to put it on his shoulders. That means you just walking through here, baby. You you just a candidate. You just you just a conduit of the power of God. But you're coming out and you're coming out on top. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4 and 1 says, For as long then as that promise of resting in him pulls us. On to God's goal for us. God got a goal for your life, baby. He got a goal for your life. And he's not going to stop. He's not going to be content until you reach that goal. Some of you think that you have out, you're out on the outside of God and God is still tailor making your trouble yes. tailor making yes. your problems so that you can come back to the face of God not to the hand of God but to the face of God because we always say God will not finance my way from his face come on, come on, come on. hallelujah hallelujah Matthew 6 13 through 15 Keep us safe from ourselves. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. I told you it's three voices. You got to get through the noise. Is it you? Is it the devil? Or is it God? Keep us. Hallelujah. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're a blazing beauty. Yes, yes, yes. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. My goodness. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. That's his word. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Do you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. That's it. God lasts. He lasts. Uh He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out, doesn't pause to to catch his breath. And he knows everything inside and out. Yes, yes. He energizes those who get tired, gives fresh strength to drop out. Sometimes I want to quit on myself, but he gives me fresh strength because I was a dropout at one time. Hallelujah. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait on the Lord, wait upon God, get fresh strength. Those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. 
What in the world? What in the world is God talking about? What in the world is he talking about? They walk and don't lag behind. And some of you out there feel like you are lagging behind in life because you haven't been in his presence. Get in his presence so you can catch up with your greatness. Catch up with the omnipresent God, the all-powerful God. Hallelujah. God is craving time for us, craving time with us. Have you ever been just sitting and you may be, you know, saying, I'm going to relax for the day and you choose to look at TV and God be like, tap, tap, tap. I, I want to spend some time with you. Come on, come tap, on. tap, tap. I want to spend some time with you. Or you're riding in the car and he says, tap, tap, tap. Cut the radio off. We need to have a conversation. On, see, see, God is always he always wants to spend time, but he's craving to spend time, waiting for you to open up so that he can come and meet your needs. He's craving time, but we become unyielding. We choose to sit there and watch that show. When God is trying to, he, he's trying to get something to you. He's trying to show you something about yourself. He's trying to reveal himself because you know what? You've been around this hurdle too long, too long. This level has kicked you out. This level has kicked you out and it's time for you to address your greatness. Worldly patterns are smashed when you choose to spend time with God. Hallelujah. How about when we were shut in? You know, when we had that shut in and, you know, now it's not even about food. It's about my time. So you can give up your sweets, but don't take my TV. Don't take the social media. When is the last time you just sat down and ate with your family before this pandemic? You know, it's so many good things that are happening in a bad situation. No, we don't glorify the bad part about what's happening, but we choose to see the good part that's happening. And you know, some of this would have never happened had this pandemic never happened. Hallelujah. But now it's our time that we don't want nobody to mess with. Don't mess with my time. I got some friends that said, don't try my time. All right. What you're looking for is waiting on you. Everything you need is in God. There are the treasures in life with a padlock on them. It's almost like you got a a treasure box and it's got a padlock on it. And only God knows the code. Only God knows the code. We are jerked around by swirling chaotic thoughts. Everything we do for God must be intentional. Intentional. Spending time with God has to be intentional intentional. I mean, tonight, like tonight, you need to schedule time with Jesus. Okay. Yeah. I got to go to work. I got to fix the food. I got to do homeschooling. I got to do all this stuff. But before I do any of it, I'm scheduling time with Jesus because Jesus makes it easy. He might just give you a little hint on something that can make your day easier. But what is more important than laying out in the presence of God and you giving God your all and he giving you his all and you just having to come. And I don't mean just praying, having your lips just flapping the whole time. Be quiet. And if you don't have nothing to say, just lay there. God's going to speak. He, I mean, just, just lay there in the presence of God. I mean, set it up. You set up your service. So it's a whole worship experience. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, acts, adoration, confession, where, where you repent, thanksgiving, hallelujah. We give you glory again and supplication, my earnest petition. You can set up your your prayer time like a service. All right. The goal in this life is not to do bare minimum, but to give God our love. The goal is to indulge in God. And in love, what others call is too much is thought of as basics. When you are in love, what somebody calls too much is just basics. Find out what he like. You find out what he likes and you volunteer and give it. When you love somebody, you don't wait for them to ask you for it. You volunteer it. Oh, they like this. Oh, they, oh, that would look nice on them. You know, you find out what they like and you volunteer it. There's nothing like having someone you can talk to without guards where no detail of your life is overlooked, 
whether extremely right or extremely wrong, candid conversations are priceless. Knowing you can run into that person's arm and leave the world on the outside. This is real love. When the person you're talking to, you run into their arms and the world ceases. To, it ceases because now I'm in your presence. I, I'm understanding. You're hearing me and you're giving me what I need yes, back, yes, whether yes. right or wrong. Knowing nothing you say will ever change their mind about you. Nothing that you say will ever change God's mind about you. Their undivided attention is what meets your needs. Someone who will defend and correct you at the same time. That's a real relationship. No facades, no put-ons, no saying it in the perfect way, no build-up, just pouring out your heart. And when you finish, your words have turned into laughter. That's relationship. And I'm going to end with this. Psalms, Psalms 46 and 10. Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me. Your high God above politics, above everything. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. So I'm encouraging you one more time. Take out time to lay before God. And I don't mean like, you know, you might start at 10 minutes and I don't know. Do you want somebody to talk to you for 10 minutes? Do you want to be be in a time conversation with someone? No. You want to actually take the time. And for many of you, your schedules have been booked up so bad. So you might have to get up before sun up. But it's the most important conversation you'll have all day. I promise you, God will meet you there. He will speak to you. Your life will start to change. The things that you're worried about, they become lighter. Because remember, my yoke is easy. My yoke is tailor-made for your life. And my burdens are light. So if it's too heavy... God did not design that for you. Give it, give it back to him. He says, put all your troubles on my shoulder. Pile them on. That's the God you serve. Thank you so much. I pray that something was said tonight that would change your life. There's nothing like the presence of God. It's nothing like the presence of God. Nothing like being a God. He's your maker. He knows every good thing and he knows every foul thing about you. But his mind never changes. Love still chases you down every single day. He's still clearing the way for your victory. He clears the way for your victory. Do you know Jesus? Will you give him your time?